Welcome to a bonus episode of Anthology, presented by ObsessiveViewer.com. If this is your first time listening, Anthology is a podcast exploring science fiction anthology storytelling during television's first golden age, beginning with The Twilight Zone. On ordinary episodes, I take an episode of The Twilight Zone and uh, review it as a first-time viewer, and then uh, end each episode with a bonus review of a movie or show related to the week's episode. But in honor of Black Mirror's new season premiering on Netflix on October 21st, I'll be covering each episode of Charlie Brooker's technophobic sci-fi anthology series in this bonus episode review series. You can find more of Anthology at anthologypod.com, and if you want to contact me, you can use the Facebook page at facebook.com slash anthologypod. <laughs> Tweet me at ObsessiveViewer. Send an email to matt at obsessiveviewer.com or call and leave me a voicemail at 317-762-6099. And if you like what you hear and want to support the podcast, please head over to iTunes and leave a rating and review. The more ratings and reviews I get, the easier it will be for people to find the show in iTunes' search results. And if you're feeling particularly generous and want to show your support with your wallet, you can do that by clicking the donate button on anthologypod.com or the donate link in the show notes of this episode. Any donations made will help pay the fees to keep the podcast running and is incredibly appreciated. Finally, if you're in Indianapolis, my friends and I at The Obsessive Viewer are hosting an event on October 14th. It's called Shocktober in Irvington. It's a one-night event screening of short horror films from local filmmakers where we rent out a small theater, screen the short films, interview the filmmakers, raffle off DVDs, Blu-rays, and gift cards to Irvington businesses, all to benefit the Irvington Historical Society. And as a bonus for Anthology listeners, you can get $1 off the price of admission by using the promo code PODCAST2 when you buy your tickets. If you can't make it, but you still want to donate to the Historical Society, you can do that by making a donation on shocktoberinirvington.com. Just click the Buy Tickets Now button, and uh, that should take you to where you need to go. So today in this bonus episode, I'll be discussing the entire history of you. It's the third episode of Black Mirror's first series, and actually the end of the first series, and it originally aired on December 11th, 2011, on Channel 4 in the UK. Now, with these bonus reviews, I've been basically going right into the uh, review. Just so you guys know, I will be spoiling the entire review, or the entire episode, rather, and uh, both in the summary and in the review. So if you haven't seen the episode yet, please... Uh, stop listening and uh, go go watch the episode on um Netflix. Okay, so here we go. In an alternate reality, most people have a grain implanted behind their ear that records everything they do see or hear. This allows memories to be played back either in front of the person's eyes or on a screen, a process known as a redo. Liam Foxwell, a young lawyer, attends a work appraisal which he feels did not go well after leaving the meeting he replays his memory of it and dwells on a seemingly insincere phrase used by his employer he arrives at a dinner party hosted by some of his wife's friends and sees his wife fion talking to a man he doesn't recognize whom she introduces as jonas some of fion's friends asks ask how the appraisal went and suggest replaying it as a redo so they can all give their opinions on it 
but Jonas steps in to save Liam from the embarrassment. At dinner, Jonas speaks increasingly frankly about his personal life and talks about masturbating to redos of sex from his earlier relationships. Throughout the meal, Liam becomes suspicious of how fondly Fionn seems to be looking at Jonas, and he is especially suspicious when she laughs at Jonas's joke. One woman at dinner says that she had her grain violently removed, and many at the table agree that it is lucky her vision was sp- was spared. She says she would rather live grain-free. When, Leon, when Liam and Fionn return home, it, it transpires that Fionn had had a previous relationship with Jonas many years ago, which she had mentioned to Liam, but downplayed. She initially said it lasted a week, then says a month, and then admits it was six months. These initial lies make Liam even more paranoid, and he insists on replaying footage from the evening and demanding explanations for why Fionn said and did the things she did. Fionn becomes increasingly uncomfortable with his relentless questioning, and the conversation turns into a row. Liam apologizes, and they have sex, but they are both watching redos of more passionate sex from earlier in their relationship. After they finish, Liam goes back downstairs and watches redos of Jonas's frank confessions from the dinner party, whilst drinking excessively. He continues this all night and the next morning argues with Fionn about her laughing at Jonas's joke. She goes back to bed and he drunkenly drives to Jonas's house where he confronts him about his relationship with Fionn and violently threatens to cut Jonas's grain out of his neck if he doesn't delete all the footage of her stored on it. Jonas complies and Liam drives away, crashes his car into a tree and passes out. When he wakes up, he replays his latest memories with increasing horror and walks home to confront Fionn as Jonas projected his footage of Fionn onto the wall screen before deleting it. Liam noticed there was a file proving Jonas and Fionn last had sex 18 months ago, around the time their daughter Jody was conceived. Fionn admits to cheating on Liam, saying that it was when Liam had temporarily walked out after a row, but insists that she and Jonas did use a condom and that Liam is the baby's father. Liam demands that she replay the redo of it to prove it. The video heavily implies Fionn and Jonas did not use a condom. In the closing scenes, Liam is seen wandering around his now empty house, playing redos of happy memories with Fionn and his daughter before, and his daughter playing. In the closing scenes, Liam is seen wandering around his now empty house, playing redos of happy memories with Fionn and his daughter playing before going into the bathroom and messily cutting his grain out from behind his ear with a razor and cuticle clippers. The screen suddenly goes black. Okay, so starring in this episode as Liam Foxwell is Toby Kebble. Probably best known for his role as Koba in Dawn of the Planet of the, Planet of the Apes, Toby Kebble also, uh, was also in The Conspirator as John Wilkes Booth. It's, that's a kind of, smaller movie from uh, the American Film Company, I believe it's called. They, their mission statement is to make um, historically accurate films. And he played John Wilkes Booth. It was about um, a trial about one of the uh, people who were suspected of conspiring um, to uh, conspiring to uh, assassinate uh, Abraham Lincoln. Um, anyway, pretty solid movie. Uh, he also appeared in War Horse, Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time, Wrath of the Titans, uh, the abysmal Fantastic Four movie. He played Doctor Doom, and he also was recently in the remake uh, of Ben Hur that got really terrible, um, uh, really bombed at the box office, I should say. And next year he will be in Kong Skull Island. Co-starring as Fionn Foxwell is Jodie Whittaker. 
she's previously been in Broadchurch, which is a really a, a really good uh, detective mystery show, and Attack the Block. And rounding out the cast is Tom Cullen, who plays Jonas. He uh, also appears in The Last Days on Mars, um, which I need to revisit, actually, now that I think about it. Pretty good, pretty good uh, sci-fi flick. Uh, he appeared in several episodes of Downton Abbey, and I recently saw him in the movie Black Mountain Poets, which was uh, one of the movies that they screened at Indie Film Fest uh, back in July. Writer for this episode is Jesse Armstrong. This is the only episode of Black Mirror that he's uh, written so far. However, he was a contributor to Charlie Brooker's Screen, ri- screen Wipe. <laughs> he is uh, known for creating the shows Peep Show and Fresh Meat, and uh, he also wrote the uh, he also wrote The Thick of It and In the Loop. Director for this episode is Brian Welsh. This is the only episode of Black Mirror that he's uh, directed so far. And he's known for directing In Our Time, Glasgow Girls, and The Rat Pack. Okay, so my initial thoughts on this uh, episode of Black Mirror are that... Uh, so so essentially, I'll start my review by saying that uh, initially, upon first seeing this episode back in 2015... Um, I thought that it was on par with 15 million merits. So if you've listened to my review of 15 million, million merits, I just like lavished praise upon it. So to go from um, an episode of television that is so, so impactful and, and emotionally resonant to me and just really, really strong uh, to the entire history of you, which I felt was just as good at the time, uh, was pretty remarkable. And I love the concept of it. I remember loving the concept of it, that having 100% recall of your memory at all times, like the prospect of it at a concept, uh, at a conceptual level is so appealing, but it's so terrifying as well. And that's something that this episode plays with so well. And this episode becomes about human relationships and, and insecurities and, and, uh, jealousy and a bunch of other things. And it's, it's such an incredible, uh, incredible episode. So I went into the episode with those memories, (laughs) with those memories in my head. I, I, there's a joke to be had there, but, um, when watching it this time, it's, Again, much like 15 Million Merits, this holds up incredibly well to me. Um, this is one of those things that at the time I had also, um, at the time I'd still, as I mentioned last, last, uh, last week in last review, um, I had gone through a breakup and, uh, this just, it's, not to get too personal, but like I have, uh, like I at the time was just, you know, still overthinking it and rethinking it and visiting my memory to see what could have, what could have been done to change things and, and things like that. So to see an episode that's about insecurity and about being a, about letting your perspective, letting your memory, letting your mind um, create a demon inside you essentially was really strong, was really resonant to me, really resonated with me. And, uh, just from the outset, again, this episode, I'm going to be saying a lot of the same things that I said about 15 million merits because they both apply or they apply here as well. Um, just the 
the way that we're brought into this world, like this, this entire world feels so lived in. It's this, this thing that everyone has, this, this grain that everyone has to have, uh, replays of, of their memories. It's, it's as ubiquitous as smartphones and it's as, as, uh, people use them like their smartphones and, and like they're, you know, it's, they translate that well. So, um, to have like all of these, all of these little bits and pieces, all these details come out about it. Like there's an advertisement for an upgradable thing, um, showing an emphasis on the little facial reactions that people have in the scenes. Um, being able to like showing, like showing the different ways that people can use this technology in the world and how it's applicable to them. And even going into the details of, um, uh, referencing a, uh, referencing, uh, gouging as a, as a crime, uh, that's, that's somewhat similar or can be likened to, uh, rape or assault. Um, it's just the idea of people preying on women or, people in general, but it's, I mean, it's implied it's mostly women, um, being gouged for their grain so that they can get the information so they can get the memories for whatever reasons. I, I, in my head, I went to the thought of, uh, a black market kind of, um, pornography thing where people take memories of sexual experiences and, and package them, uh, for, for the black market. Um, I don't know what that says about me that I went there, but that was just my thought. And it's just this very invasive, very, very disgusting idea that's just touched upon in this episode. And it's used just to, just to establish that there's this, that there's this crime, that this, that this technology brings about certain crimes. It's just, it's, it's incredible to me. So the entire episode is kind of built around Liam and his insecurities. Liam is a very negative person. He's fixated on the negative. He's an all around miserable person. It starts from the, it starts in the beginning when he is at his evaluation and he immediately starts replaying it. And then it's just, he's, he's re, he's reinterpreting or he's, he's looking for things that maybe aren't there. He's fixated on the phrasing of one of the, of one of the guys' uh, words, uh, sentences. And it's just, it's such an ugly depiction. It's such an ugly thing that, um, that's shown in, in about the character. And it paints him in such, such an ugly way that, that, that is manifested throughout the entire episode. And I think that it's handled very well. So, um, I'm going to be jumping ahead a little bit here, but, um, when they invite, when they're at the dinner party, they're, they're at the dinner party and introducing Liam to Jonas. Um, I just, I just love the way the camera emphasizes the little facial ticks and facial reactions. Um, I said that before, but just to expand on that, like, um, seeing how we can see Fion or Fee, I'll just refer to her as Fee as she's referred to in the episode, but, uh, seeing Fee's reaction when, uh, Jonas and and Liam are being introduced to each other and like seeing her turn away and kind of grimace and this awkwardness and just like seeing that, seeing her laughing, seeing all the little things that people pick up on or that people like reveal about themselves. I don't know if there was such an emphasis on it from a filmmaking perspective or if that's just something that I, I that I started looking more for because I knew that replaying would be um, a 
part of the episode, but it's there and it's, it feels emphasized and I really like that touch to it. And they play with the convention. So, so the, the concept of people being able to replay their, their memories, it's, it's a really intriguing concept itself. And alone, you can, you can really go very far with, with this, uh, with this storytelling device, with this narrative device. Um, and I like that they utilize it in such unique ways. There's, um, it's even for our benefit that there is, uh, the scene after the dinner party where Liam and Fee are in the, are in the cab and they're going home and then they start arguing over inviting Jonas over. And I like that we don't see the invite. And I love that throughout the episode, there is, there's, um, viewpoints of it from different perspectives. So we first get the, we first get the argument in the car over whether or not, um, Liam wanted him to come over or Liam invited him or if he wanted him to come over or if it's just, or if they, neither one of them wanted to, him to come over. It's all, it's all this, uh, really, uh, just bickering thing. And then Fee shows her perspective and shows, uh, shows Liam inviting him and we get, we get detail about that. And then later when they're, when they're kind of accosting the babysitter for input, um, uh, Liam, plays it for her so we so by the end of the episode we get all of the uh we get all of the perspectives of this of this invite and it's just it's just really satisfying to me to see that i i I like the way that that's uh handled in it speaking of going them going back home um another thing another nice piece of world building and uh um something that piqued my interest in it is that is the idea that their baby has a grain, has the, has a grain in, in her head to play her memory. So it's, it's really clever and it's just kind of a sort of throwaway thing that we see that, you know, they come home, they have the babysitter. Um, I believe the babysitter stays the night, um, cause the cab would have taken too long, but, uh, send the babysitter away. And they just, they just part of the routine is they play the baby's, uh, redo to see how her night went and that just raised some interesting questions for me just just personally just questioning how this technology would work in in the world because it brings up questions of the law and how long parents can have access to the grains and it just made me think it made me fill in the blanks about the kind of things that this technology would um create and or or the kind of issues or or uh, procedures that that this technology would um, incur on society, and it's also I I missed it before, but when uh, the inclusion of the uh, the TSA screenings using the redos um, at the airport is so is so clever, such it's such a throwaway kind of world building background thing. It's just playing your redos for the for the. Uh, for the TSA is just really, really great. Um, just really great world building. And it's something that I, I just really respect about black mirror is that it's ability to just drop us in this world that's lived in that, the, that the world is experienced or the society, society of the characters have experienced this technology or, or this, this way of life for a long time. And it just feels so natural. It's so, there's so much care brought into, explaining the 
conceit of the episode that it's it doesn't feel gimmicky or it doesn't feel like uh, just a vehicle for drama. It feels like it's an actual real world thing. And I think that's part of the appeal of Black Mirror is that this show is about our near future. And it's just so great how much care is brought into the uh, concepts for it. So going back to the character dynamics between Liam and Fee, there's so much great characterization, uh, particularly regarding Liam. Um, they're, they're having their argument, they're having their conversation, and Liam is doing this, uh, like there's reference to, to Gemma, to, to a girl from Liam's past, and Liam just immediately says, Gemma was a nutcase. And that, that stuck out to me because I feel like it informs a lot about Liam, that he is this... Um, he's not yet, he's not yet a violent or, or angry enough person, but I get the sense that him just throwing it, throwing out the phrase, Gemma was a nutcase kind of shows that, that he's the type of person, he's sort of narcissistic. He is very much into, uh, or very much, he's very much not the type of person who would accept blame for a relationship problem or for something that's that for an issue. Like he is the type of person who would just externalize it or internalize. He's the type of person that would turn around an issue and blame it or write it off as the other person is just crazy. And that, that's that, uh, that spoke a lot about his character to me. And there's something inherently terrible about the idea of this society or, or, um, disturbing about this society where people know, like a, like a jealous person can be jealous of, of a person, of a partner's past lover, but knowing that they have that access to that, um, past experience, it just can amplify it tenfold. And it's, it's really, uh, it makes it not understandable that, that, um, that Liam would freak out, but it, it makes it more believable that Liam would, would freak out and, and, uh, go down such a, uh, insecure road and, and, uh, of jealousy in, in this situation. And then the, I love the escalation of the argument throughout the entire episode because there's this way that, that Liam particularly, uses memories as as quote unquote gotcha moments. So he's playing he's playing a redo of what is a great memory of their of of early in their relationship, their first time in bed together, and he's using it as a see this is what you said. This is like using it as as proof that she's lied to him and that's such a depressing thing because that is like that's he's turning their happy memory into something really unhappy. And it's just, it's, it's, uh, disturbing to me and it's, it's kind of disheartening to me. It's, it's depressing to me, I would say. And then after they've had their argument and we see that shot of them having very passionate sex only to reveal that they're, they are just watching a redo of a past, uh, sex and not being very involved in it. That's just, man, that just, that just hurts to watch. Like that's, that's so, that conveys so much about the state of their relationship. And it's so painful because you know that this is not going to lead to a good, a good ending. This is not going to lead to a place where 
they're going to reconcile or anything. This is going to be a dark ending for this relationship. And it's really depressing. And <laughs> as an aside, in my notes, I have this in my notes, but um, the idea of of looking over memories and uh, obsessing over them and, and meticulously going through every little piece of them to, to try to find the real meaning. Like it's something that can resonate for people today because we have text messaging. We have, um, at least back in the day, we had like instant messenger. We have Facebook messenger. We have a digital record of conversation and, um, conversation apparently or essentially and and relationships documented on the internet and these are things that people can pour over um and just really let their minds re readjust the meaning of certain things and that can i feel like the concept for this episode of the memory in this episode the the memory device the grains i feel like that is just a natural extension of this permanent documentation that the internet affords us to have our, our relationships just out there in the world. And also text messaging and, and the digital age, essentially. This argument continues to devolve and, and get darker and darker. And it reaches a point the next morning where Liam, um, I believe it's the next morning, Liam gets the babysitter involved and it's just, and that's that's when we get the uh, Liam's perspective of the invite, um, and it's just it's there's a little bit of levity there because uh, in the redo, Liam references the uh, pedophile babysitter as kind of a joke, regard um, referencing something earlier in the dinner party, but the idea of just getting the babysitter involved in the argument is so, just so. Um, cringe inducing like it is so awkward and and um not in a bad not in a filmmaking way or anything but it's just so it's so um like cringe inducing like you can feel the awkwardness in that situation and it's so like you know at that point that liam has gone completely over the deep end and his obsession is going to destroy him and it's about his his analyzing of the night and analyzing of the relationship using this grain, it's proving that he's his own worst enemy. And I think that's part of the theme of the episode is like where, if we're in our heads, we're our own worst enemy. We are going to find the negative there. So then we get Liam confronting Jonas. He's drunk. He's, he's uh, belligerent. Um, and we, and we get, uh, we see that Liam is, uh, or uh, that Jonas has, uh, slept with, uh, the girl without that had her grain taken out. But, um, it's just like this sequence is so pathetic and tense and sad. Um, just seeing Liam just attack Jonas and, um, demand that he erase uh, fee from his memory is just so it's kind of, it's, it's a climax of the, of the, of his insecurities and then the we and then later we get the climax of the relationship of the of the drama of the um argument and it's just it, it's just heartbreaking to see and also i i like that after that he blacked out and crashed and i like that where pers- our perspective of it is that that's another little piece of world building is that um or i guess characterization of the world i, I guess um that 
he's blacked out. So obviously, you know, he has the, he has the grain. He can see what, what the hell happened. But seeing him replay, like, the, the redo of his, of his night is just so, like, the horror on, on his face is so genuine and, and terrifying. Um, and it's, it makes you really invested in what's about to come. And so we get this really tense moment where Liam is about to confront Fee and it's, it's heartbreaking. The entire situation is just heartbreaking because we're watching this relationship crumble before us. And, and the underlying thing about it is that there's a, there's a baby involved in this. There's a baby that's between this and this, this is a family being ripped apart. Um, both from ego and, uh, past discretions. Um, <laughs> So we find out that Fee had slept with Jonas 18 months ago. And at that moment, I have in my notes, <laughs> there are no good guys and no bad guys. And then I immediately thought, well, that's not true. Liam is still kind of a douche. <laughs> but it's just, it's just, it's one thing to have a character obsessing over something or, or really like being their own worst enemy and, and destroying themselves and destroying a relationship because of their ego, because of their insecurities and everything. But it's another thing entirely to have that, have that character, have his insecurities, have his, the things he's terrified of, have all of that confirmed. And it's just, it reaches, that makes it such a heartbreaking thing. And it's just, in that moment, when, when he confronts her and reveals that he knows that, that she slept with him, um, in their room, there's just so much genuine pain in that moment, uh, both for the audience and for, and for the characters. Um, it's just, it's so heartbreaking. And there's another nice piece of characterization in that moment because, because Fee, when she admits to it, she says, it happened when, uh, when all the Dan stuff was happening and you walked out and that's so, that's such a great, a great subtle piece of characterization because we don't know what the Dan thing is. It was referenced earlier in the episode, but between having Liam reference, uh, Gemma being a nutcase and then having them mention that apparently he was jealous of someone named Dan and not really going into much detail about it. And then revealing later that it was so bad that he walked out on uh, on fee, it's just it's paints his character so much, and it shows what how fragile their relationship is, and how um, he is his own worst enemy, as I, I've said before. Um, and then there's the the whole se- sequence is incredible. I'll, I'll just say that again. Uh, Toby Kebble is unbelievable. Like he is phenomenal in it and there's a moment where he says this isn't me look what you're doing to me which is kind of like the um the abusive the abusive husband's like mantra but it's just it's not like he is well he's not like he's not like i don't don't know what i'm trying to say here but that statement just reveals so much about his character when coupled with the Gemma is a nut, Gemma was a nutcase thing. Like he is so in his head. We've seen him be so insecure, so just in his head about everything and so negative And so like, it's like he seeks out the negative and he feeds off the energy of arguments and, and the pain of being unhappy. 
And it's just a really powerful piece of characterization. And when they show, when, when he demands to see what happened, because he wants to see if they had a condom, if they used a condom, because he wants to see if they, um, if he's the father, um, this sequence, uh, it pairs really well with 15 million merits because 15 million merits has sequences where a character was seeing what they shouldn't see and seeing what seeing someone they love doing something disgusting and and it's just it's it's the crumbling of a relationship of a family and it's it's so heartbreaking to me it's because in this short runtime i'm still i'm already invested in this relationship even though liam is depicted as such a disgusting person and such a ego-driven insecure insecurity-driven um, jealous person. I'm still invested in this relationship. I'm still, I still feel a connection to these characters because the world has been, everything has been set up so, so beautifully and it feels so genuine and, and truthful. And then that the episode ends with, it ends with Liam walking through his house. And this ending is remarkable to me because he is walking through an empty house. He's playing back the memories of, of fee and their, and their, and their child. And he's playing through just happy memories of them. And it is so heartbreaking because that's what the character is. He is the type of person who focuses on the negative and on the, and on his insecurities so much that of course, after, all is said and done after he's lost everything, he's going to dwell on the, on the happy memories. He's never going to find peace because he's in a state where when he's hap when he's in, when he is experiencing happiness, he is dwelling on what could be negative or he's dwelling on jealousy or he's dwelling on his insecurities. But when, when that happiness, when, when the happiness is gone, he is dwelling on the memories of the happiness and, it's a weird cyclical and, and terrible uh, depiction and it's terrifying because it's because, because human relationships are complicated and when you have jealousy and, and heartbreak and, and someone who's clinging to the negative and having it be the, the idea of this playing out in this episode is more, is more a reflection of human relationships and, and more it's, it's feels more in tune with, with human relationships. It's more common than you would think or than people would like to admit um, that this type of relationship plays out and this type of person um, in a relationship exists. And it's, it's really terrible and it's just the entire the entire uh, sequence and the entire dissolution of the relationship and the everything about what happens in this um, relationship in this episode is just very painful. And it's, and it's something that you get the full effect of um, if you're invested in, in the episode um, from the beginning. And it's something that um, it's something that the filmmakers involved with this episode, it's something that, they make it easy to really latch on to the story in this universe, in this, in this, uh, world that they've created. Um, so they make it really easy to, 
connect with the relationship and the uh, troubles that uh, go into it. So overall, I, I mean, I just, I love this episode and it's, it's remarkable that the first series of black mirror has three incredible episodes. Um, as I said, with, with the, the national anthem, I, I wasn't that fond of it at first, but I, I found more to like about it this time around. And then to follow that up with two just out of this world, incredible stories of that, that have so much emotional resonance within them, um, while also being so self-contained and so, um, to an extent high concept, um, to have them be so, so uniquely individual, but also um, pair so well together as, as statements about human relationships and, and human desire. It's just, it's remarkable. And I think that this first series of black mirror was something just incredible. And uh, yeah. And I'm looking forward to reviewing series two uh, with the, the next few episodes. It's, it's going to be fun. So I think that about does it for my review of the entire history of you. And, uh, I just want to thank you guys again for listening to these bonus reviews and to, for listening to anthology. And, uh, let me know what you think of black mirror and, uh, of my reviews and anything you want to talk to me about. Uh, you can, uh, email me at Matt at obsessiveviewer.com and, uh, contact me in all the usual places. Um, all right. Well, in that case, I, <laughs> I keep, I work in a call center now. I got a new job uh, a few months ago. And so now when I'm ending these podcasts, when it's just me, at least I instinctively want to end it the way that I end phone calls at my call center job. So anyway, um, (laughs) I don't remember if I've mentioned that before. I don't know. I just recorded a full episode of Anthology before recording this one. So I'm a little little sore here or a little out of practice or a little... uh, I'm, (laughs) I'm a little worn out. So anyway, um, thank you guys for listening and I'll see you guys next week. Next week I'll be reviewing, um, episode 28 of, uh, of the Twilight Zone's first season, uh, a nice place to visit, um, along with a a movie, uh, that's available on Amazon prime instant called premature burial from 1962. And, uh, next week for the bonus review, I will be reviewing uh, Black Mirror Series 2 Episode 1 uh, Be Right Back which stars Donald Gleason and Haley Atwell so look forward to that and uh, thank you guys for listening and I'll see you next time Thank you for listening to Anthology, presented by ObsessiveViewer.com. You can find more episodes at AnthologyPod.com, and you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or your preferred podcast app. If you'd like to help support the podcast, please take a few minutes to leave a rating and a review on iTunes. The more reviews I get, the higher the show will be ranked in iTunes search results, making it easier for people to discover it and grow the podcast. Of course, you can always email me your thoughts and feelings about the show to matt at obsessiveviewer.com. You can also tweet me at obsessiveviewer, like the Facebook page at facebook.com slash anthologypod, or you can call and leave me a voicemail at 317-762-6099. 
for a chance to have it played on the show. If you like what you've heard here, I urge you to check out The Obsessive Viewer, a weekly movie and TV podcast I host with my friends Mike and Tiny. Also check out The Obsessive Viewer blog at obsessiveviewer.com where I write movie reviews, TV reviews, and the occasional editorial about the business of entertainment. If you want even more obsessive content in your life, subscribe to The Obsessive Viewer subreddit at r slash obsessiveviewer and check out obsessivebooknerd.com, our sister site for book reviews, author spotlights, and a general celebration of reading. Finally, if you're philosophically curious... Check out my friend Tiny's side project podcast, The Secular Perspective, which explores the concepts of faith, religion, and existence from the perspective of secular hosts. You can find that at thesecularperspective.com. Once again, thank you very much for listening, and I'll see you next time.